off and the clock has started. This is 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. Welcome to 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. My name is Doug Prezak, and thank you very much for tuning in to this podcast. I'd also like to thank this episode's announcer, Jess. Fantastic job, Jess. Thank you very much. When I put these shows together, I'll sit around and think of different topics or things that are on my mind that I need to get out because I have headaches. Uh, Occasionally, I come across things that just are not worth 20 minutes of your very precious and valuable time. I'd be embarrassed if I tried to do a show about them. Uh, But there are some things that maybe are just 10 minutes worthy. Now, seeing how you've just blindly committed 20 minutes of your time to listen to my verbal diatribes, I need to make the most of it. So I decided, why not give you a two-for-one offer here? It's two podcasts for the time of one. If I were a, a store, it'd be that like that whole BOGO thing, buy one, get one, except you didn't buy anything. Uh, I don't know what I call it. Uh, maybe L-T-O-A-G-O. Listen to one and get one. El Togago. No, that's not going to work. How about we just stick with two for one? Anyway, this podcast is two entirely different subjects. Each of them are about 10 minutes long that have been scotch taped together, stapled. No matter what, they add up to 20 minutes. You'll never get back. Let's start right now. We're going to kick things off with colrophobia. Now, you're probably saying, Doug, what is colrophobia? And I'm going to say, thanks for asking. Colrophobia. <laughs> See, I really am. Thank you for asking. Colrophobia uh, is something that you may have, and maybe you don't even know you have it. It's the fear of clowns. Now, if you are afraid of clowns, then you're in the 7.8% of Americans who are fellow clown fearers. I personally don't have colrophobia. I just think they're creepy. And for the most part, they're just annoying. You know, like those big shoes they wear or that bucket of fake water or that stupid little yellow car that comes in and 27 clowns hop out of it. Clowns have a lot of qualities that cause the needle on the creepometer to hit red. Researchers believe that clown phobias are fueled by the fact that clowns wear makeup and disguises that hide their true identity and feelings. All that white paint and red paint and big nose and everything else that clowns wear. A lot of people don't like things that are familiar but seem a little off. Now, clowns uh, look like people, if you will, but when you take a step back, there's something that's just not right, like those big feet or that big red nose. Now, this is known as the uncanny valley effect, and that's a phenomenon where things appear to look human but aren't quite right and can be very unsettling to people who have that fear. Another example of of that is, have you seen the robots that are covered with a, a face and the face starts talking to you? It looks human, but you know there is something not right about that. And frankly, those things just scare the snot out of me. So I guess you could say I suffer from robophobia, which legitimately is the fear of robots, Now, I'm not afraid of all robots, just those creepy ones with that latex dead-looking face attached to it, then they start talking. Let's get back to the clowns. Now, a lot of the fear of, of clowns can be relative. Now, let's say, for example, you see a clown at the circus. Okay, that's creepy enough, but if you see one in the woods, 
then it's time to get in the car and drive away. And you should know by now, whatever you do, don't go in the barn. It's the ambiguity that makes clowns creepy. They seem happy, but we don't know if they really are. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, no, they're not. And the reason I say no is because of the number of songs that have been written about sad clowns. You know, those songwriters, they know. Now, clowns are mischievous. They play pranks, albeit stupid ones. For example, hey, that's a nice looking flower on your lapel. Can I smell it? Oh, no, my face is all wet. Or, hey, I'm going to sneeze. Can I borrow a handkerchief? Oh, no, the handkerchief keeps going. Yeah, stupid pranks. Right away, we're on our guard because we know they're unpredictable and probably up to no good. You take a happy clown like, oh, Ronald McDonald or Clarabelle the Clown, and I'm completely off track here. Clarabelle the Clown was originally played by Bob Keeshan, who later became Captain Kangaroo. Just a little bit of side story there. Anyway, somehow they feel more sinister than, let's say, the Joker or Pennywise. You know, with scary clowns, the whole evil persona is right up front. It's in your face. It's identifiable. With regular clowns, you can sense there's something sinister going on. You're just not quite sure what it is. Now, ironically, I think that makes the scary clown more of an upright and honest citizen than a regular clown. If you're a clown lover, you're probably saying, Doug, you're being so hard on clowns. I say, come on. Everybody knows when they're going to hit that other clown in the face of the frying pan, it's rubber. It doesn't hurt them. They're not fooling anybody. But you never know when they're going to turn on you. Now, even if you don't suffer from cholerophobia, clowns are an annoyance at best. Think about it. A clown performance is rarely funny or enjoyable. No one's going to walk through a park on an afternoon or at a street fair, spot a clown performing and say, oh my God, a clown, this made my day. I cannot wait to go see that. Probably what's going to happen is you're going to stop your forward momentum. You're going to turn around and you're going to walk in the other direction because you do not want to get caught up in that and get squirted in the face with a fake flower. You know, that's the second time I've referenced the squirting flower thing. There must be some sort of deep-seated, deeply repressed uh, baggage from when I was a child and my mom took me to see the Ringling Brothers and a clown came up to me and the next thing I know my face was dripping wet. That may explain why I flinch every time I turn the garden hose on. I probably need help. Now, if you believe I'm totally off base on all of this and you're one of those people who love clowns, then I have the perfect getaway for you. It's the Clown Motel. The Clown Motel is tucked away in Tonopah, Nevada, and Tonopah is halfway between Carson City and Las Vegas. Their Facebook explains that when you walk into the motel's office, you're greeted by over 500 clowns on display. There's <laughs> Oh, just imagine that. There's also complimentary coffee in the office. Well, there you go. That's the selling point. They boast a wide variety of clowns, ranging from your generic happy clowns to the creepy and terrifying ones. You can decide which one is which. But wait, if that's not enough for you, the motel is adjacent to the Tonopah Cemetery. According to Travel Nevada, Tonopah was a mining town and there were frequent deadly accidents. Travel Nevada explains that the Tonopah Cemetery is the resting place of many miners, 
within a 10-year period, about 300 people died and were buried in the cemetery. Among their causes of death were a plague and a mine fire in 1911. So is the Clown Motel haunted? Travel Nevada notes that guests of the motel have reported unexplained footsteps and voices. I'm suggesting that may just be the people who walk in the door to check in, look at the clowns, and then check out. But I could be wrong. The Clown Motel was even a destination for the host of Ghost Hunters television show. The host, Zach, I don't know his last name, didn't watch a show. All I know is his first name is Zach. He investigated the motel for ghosts while facing his own fears of clowns. <laughs> there you go. Two for one, clowns and ghosts. But apparently the potential for a little haunting does not keep visitors away. The clown motel constantly draws people looking to face their fears, but it also draws travelers with its economical rate. And that's according, according to Yelp. A recent visitor noted on Yelp that the staff of the Clown Motel are happy to accommodate you if you want a clearer view of the cemetery. They'll provide you an upstairs room that provides a far better view so you can do some ghost hunting at night. So there you go. Colrophobia. It's the legitimate fear of clowns. Or you may suffer from the same thing I suffer from. It's just called, they annoy the hell out of me. And for the record, European clowns are the worst. Take that, Cirque du Soleil. Your first podcast of two has now concluded. And after the break, we'll be back with your second of two podcasts. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Mr. Clean gets rid of dirt and grime and grease in just a minute. Mr. Clean will clean your whole house and everything that's in it. Floors, doors, walls, halls, white sidewall tires and old golf balls. Sink, stoves, bathtubs, he'll do. He'll even help clean laundry too. Mr. Clean gets rid of dirt and grime and grease in just a minute. Mr. Clean will clean your whole house and everything that's in it. Can he clean a kitchen sink? Quicker than a wink. Can he clean a window sash? Faster than a flash. Can he clean a dirty mirror? He'll make it bright and clearer. Can he clean a diamond ring? Mr. Clean cleans anything. Mr. Clean gets rid of dirt and grime and grease in just a minute. Mr. Clean will clean your whole house and everything that's in it. Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. I don't know about you, but I think I may have found my new ringtone. That whole jingle was kind of catchy. I liked it. Now, uh, we're done with clowns, and it's time to move on. And by the title, you know that I feel pretty strongly that weeds are evil. You know, that may be kind of harsh, and they haven't done anything to me personally. But I've determined that their evilness, that comes from the fact that they grow great, fantastic. While the other plants in my yard that I intentionally put on the ground transition from shades of green to shades of brown. All the while, the weeds are thumbing their little green leaves at me. Although I have a strong, nay, an intense dislike of weeds, I do not suffer from viridiatophobia. That's right, that is the fear of weeds. Now, if you suffer from viridiatophobia, I feel sorry for you. I don't know how that would work. Um, what kind of yard do you have? And if you do, if your yard is weed-free, more power to you. Um, is it just concrete? I have a concrete driveway, and I have weeds growing up through some of the cracks. 
And frankly, that is kind of creepy looking when you have just a little green thing popping up in the middle of the concrete. So I don't know how that would work if you have that phobia. Thank God I don't. I just have to deal with the weeds. If I'm going to go after something, I should probably take a look and make sure I have my facts straight. So you know what happened. I did the research so you don't have to. First of all, weeds are plants. So we do have to acknowledge their place in the flora realm. A weed is any plant growing where you don't want it to. Weeds, as we know them, are aggressive plants that, if left to be, can choke out garden plants. Take note, all you weeds. You don't need to worry about choking out my plants. They are quite capable of dying on their own. According to ecobotanists, that's a profession for you, an ecobotanist, back in the beginning, every plant had a purpose. And the last thing that Mother Nature wanted is bare soil. Uh, without plant cover, the soil loses its essential vitality. Many of the plants we now call weeds did the dirty work in reviving ecosystems. Uh, they established rapidly to protect and restore soil that had been left exposed by natural disturbances like landslides or fires. Every region has its own, quote, pioneer plants, the first to move in and jumpstart the restoration process. These plants are usually the fittest and they outcompete and outlast all the others. Some come from dormant seeds long buried. Others are blown in by the wind. Now take the dandelion, for example. And as long as you're taking a dandelion, take a few more because I have plenty to go around. From a purely propagational perspective, I believe it's ingenious. From a gardener perspective, once again, it's pure evilness. Now, when a dandelion goes to seed, it's like having a million tiny weed paratroopers fly into my yard and then set up camp. Now, I'd like to take a minute to apologize to my neighbors. When I was a kid, I would go out and pick a few dandelions and then give them a good blast of air like I was blowing out candles on a birthday cake. And off go those seeds into their yards. My apologies. You know what they say about payback. So while I'm on this dandelion thread right now, let's just keep it going. According to Gardening Today, the number one most hated weed in America is the lowly dandelion. We try our very best to eradicate it by all means necessary. The dandelion is hated by homeowners and gardeners precisely because of its genetic superiority. It is a prolific reproducer that can infest a lawn in very little time. Trust me, I know. I went out to get the mail and I saw one on my lawn yesterday. I thought, should I pick it? I didn't. I went out today to get the mail, and now there's a three-foot-tall dandelion tree with an entire battalion of sky flyers ready to attack. Not too long ago, we did not have the perfect lawns that you see today. The lawns were usually a blend of grass species and clover and dandelions and other plants that made up the front, front yard area. But thanks to the weed eradication chemical industry, a.k.a. Roundup, uh, they've convinced us that the only good lawn is one that consists of 100% turf grass. And the dandelion is now the mortal enemy of that lawn. We try our best to stay on top of the weeds in our yard, pull out the dandelions. It's a never-ending battle. And when all hope is lost and the dandelions have won, hey, you have one last recourse. Eat them. You can stop considering dandelions as a weed and now consider them as a food source. You know, for centuries, people have known the health benefits of eating dandelions. They're full of vitamins and minerals and antioxidants, and they're known to have medicinal properties to treat everything from digestive disorders to eczema and arthritis. Hmm, 
I got to write that one down. They have more vitamin A than spinach, more vitamin C than tomatoes, and are a powerhouse of iron, calcium, and potassium. Dandelion leaves are slightly bitter and have a kind of a spicy quality similar to arugula. Uh Uh-oh, I don't much care for arugula. (sighs) Anyway, as such, they're great in salads or on sandwiches or steamed and served like any other leafy green. And if you'd like, the flowers can be used in salads or as a garnish. (laughs) I laugh, but this is serious stuff. It's also said, and I don't know by who, that the root of the dandelion can be used as a coffee substitute. I cannot imagine how that would go over in this house. Hi, honey. I made coffee. We're out of beans, so I pulled up a dandelion and made coffee from that root. I can tell you what comes next. Me getting in the car and going to Starbucks. And this will be the nuttiest thing you've heard in the past 17 minutes. Dandelion roots are among the most expensive items in some grocery stores. The roots are dried and sold as a no-caffeine coffee substitute for a little over $32 a pound. Now that makes dandelions outprice prime rib, swordfish, and lobster in the per-pound price. I haven't seen dried dandelion roots on the shelves at Albertsons, so I don't know where you'd find them. But if you do, I'm not going to pay for it. By my last count, I have the potential of $38,000 worth of coffee bean alternative in my backyard right now. Now, I've been pretty hard on weeds and specifically dandelions. And if you feel I should be kinder to these fast-growing demons of the gardening world, then you certainly have March 28th circled on your calendar. That's National Weed Appreciation Day. And I checked, it's the kind of weeds we've been talking about, not the other one, which is sometime in April, I don't know, the 20th, whatever. The Weed Appreciation Society, you've got to be kidding me, says, according to Merriam-Webster, a weed is noun, a plant that is not valued where it is growing and is usually a vigorous growth, especially the one that tends to overgrow and choke out more desirable plants. The Weed Appreciation Society says, the definition of weed is a plant or flower that nobody wants. It's a plant not unlike the cherished rose or lilac Did you ever stop to consider its feelings? Um, no, I didn't, and you can't make me. Dandelions and all their evil cousins need to be dealt with. When I'm out gardening, one of the greatest joys is pulling up a weed, and it comes out of the ground, root and all. Take that, weeds. You too, clowns. That will do it for this two-for-one edition of 20 Minutes. And what did we learn today? Well, we learned that cholrophobia is the fear of clowns. Uh, We also learned that for some reason, Tonopah, Nevada is the place to go if you want to cure cholerophobia. If I can paraphrase Bruce the shark from Finding Nemo, weeds are our friends. And lastly, nothing follows a nice dinner like a good cup of dandelion coffee. I want to thank you very much for listening. As always, I appreciate it. Stay safe, everybody, and I will talk to you again next time on 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. Bye-bye. Hi, it's me again, Doug. I want to take up a couple more seconds of your time just to remind you, if you want to stay informed of when uh, the next podcast is posted, all you need to do is sign up at uh, on that Instagram machine. It's at 20MYNGB20MYNGB, and that means 20 minutes you'll never get back. 
Uh, if you sign up there, you'll uh, always see when the next podcast is uploaded. And if you want to leave some comments, by all means, please do go to the uh, website at 20minutespodcast.com. So it's 20minutespodcast.com. And uh, you can uh, leave your comments there. It also tells you how you can be an announcer on the show. So take, take a look at those two things if you'd like and stay informed. And I'll, as always, thank you very much for listening to uh, 20 Minutes. You'll never get back. Bye-bye.